we say, well, be in the world, but not of the world. Okay. But he still says be in the world, right? Yeah. So we, we don't to belong people. to the world, yeah. but we are still here, right? Yeah. Building relationships. Yep. Let's ready. go. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly video cast when Pastor Andrea yes. and I come and hang out, spend some time opening the scriptures, dialoguing, processing, and applying the teaching of the week, and just doing a little deeper dive. So mm-hmm. again, I'm joined by Pastor Andrea Jacobson's the lead pastor here at Kettering Adventist Church. Thank you. Um, I am excited to be here again. And this is Pastor Jason, who is the youth and young adult pastor stepping into that position as well. Yeah. Um, and so excited. he's going to be even more super busy than he has been. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's all for people, right? It's all yeah, good. We got to right. we got to work together. Yes. So, um, so this last weekend you finished the teaching of the the series on Jonah. Yes. Um, that we called. Oh, this is so awkward. I totally forgot the name. Um, I got it all wrong. Oh, right. I got it all wrong. Um, and and here <laughs> it's all good. My yeah. brain hasn't been working for a while. It's so terrible. I I do watch. <laughs> I do pay attention to this stuff. I just whatever. It's early in the morning. It's 4 a.m. That's that's a well. And if lie. you're not, not the one who's doing it all the time, it's just yeah, it's yeah. not like you would know all of it. Um, but right, but we finished the book of Jonah as we've been talking about for weeks. I love Jonah. I think it's so deep and impactful and relevant. Um, I think I actually prayed about this a little bit in my prayer this last weekend. That I feel like the narrative of Jonah a lot of times is our own narrative with yeah. how we feel and experience God um, on the daily. So True. so we're in chapter four finishing this book, and then we're going to pivot to another series after this. But um, yeah, we, do you mind reading chapter yes, four? Yes, I'd love and, to. Uh, and then we'll kind of go back and unpack it. All right. So Jonah chapter four, starting with verse one. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So it's, he's talking about the repentance that just happened with the Ninevites. Mm. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, oh, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? This is why I fled to Tarshish. For I know that you're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. I still can't believe that he even asked this. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And this makes me laugh every time I read that. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it on the sh- in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a strong east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? So I wanted to start off. Yeah, and then it just ends. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wait. 
what? Where's chapter five? Right? Like that's such an odd ending, but it's also beautiful. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, because it is something that you know that he's saying. You need to ask yourself that question. Right. Um, no, I just wanted to go to um, something that I that I saw written down where, and I don't know who it came from, but that there is like this pattern in in the in the chapters mm. where in the beginning, chapter one, it says it's all about God saving the sailors. The second mm-hmm. chapter is God saves Jonah's physical life. And the third one, God saves the Ninevites. And in the fourth one, he saves Jonah spiritually because mm-hmm. it's not until the end of it that he gives his life to God, really. Right. At least you can see that because if he's the one who wrote it, which I believe he is, um, then he clearly asked the question because he had to think about it mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is this is the, the way to end it, which is so, so interesting because we don't usually think of things ending with questions. Right. And I almost feel like he's leaving, the author is leaving it open for the reader to mm-hmm. fill it in with their own life. Like, yeah. do I, will I answer that in my own life? Right. Like we're That's all right. Jonah almost yes. um, in answering this. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's, yeah, I think it's awesome. What what I, okay, so many things to unpack and I'm just mm-hmm. getting excited. So I'm just going to jump in. Um, <laughs> the, so for the first time in the book, um, Jonah and God have like a conversation, right? Like the all these other chapters, like God does, yeah. says something and then Jonah responds, right? And then some something happens and then God does something and then Jonah responds. But it's like mm-hmm. separated by time. Here, it's almost implied that within the same framework of time, they're going back and forth, right? They're having this. So it's almost like there's a level of, of intimacy, I guess, for lack of a better term, where they're having like, okay, okay. We're not, we're not doing these actions anymore. Let's mm-hmm. actually have a conversation, right? But that also does show that Jonah does have a relationship with God because sure. he is talking to him. And sure. even when he's angry, he is still talking to God. Right. Oh, of course. And I was mentioning this during the sermon because to me, it's so important. We still have to talk to God no matter what, because that's the only way that he can talk to us. Right. And if we are angry and we storm off, which he does later on, yeah. oh, <laughs> he yeah. doesn't want to talk to God. Which is totally okay yeah. because... I got, us too. Yes. Like... I, I don't know. I, you don't have to put yourself on blast. I'll put myself on blast. I, I totally get angry at God. Like, what are, what are you doing? Do you, are you not paying attention? Do you not see this? Or where were you when, you know, certain things happen kind of thing? Um, yeah, especially when there's somebody gets hurt in our close circle. Right, right. Then, yeah, we are going to ask. But I don't think there's anything wrong with asking or even oh. getting angry at God. We just need to talk to him Absolutely. through it all, all the time because he is always there to give us the comfort that we need, no matter what is going on in our lives. Right. And it's not like he says, you will, you will understand everything. Sure. He never no. said that. Right. And so if we're not willing to, to have a relationship with God, despite of not having all the answers, then we mm. won't really be able to, right. because we right. will not be able to, we're not God. Right. No, and I think a lot of times, like, at least in my own life, I should just, I should use I, I sentences here. But like, <laughs> the people I complain to the most, or uh, the people I get frustrated with the most, they're actually the people who are closest to me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like the random person that cuts you off on the highway, like yeah. you get upset, but it's like, okay, it's gone, right? Yeah. But if it's really deep within you, then you're actually really close to them, yeah. uh, kind of like this. And and so, yeah, so as you said, mm-hmm. like in as you were starting to read, like the very last verse of, of chapter three, when God saw that they had done what what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways. Okay. So God sees that they're changing, right? They're, they're repenting, they're stopping and they're turning around. 
he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. This first verse of chapter four, change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. Mm-hmm. So he complains to God. He complains to the Lord. It does. It is Yahweh. He, so he complains to Jesus about it. Didn't I say, and then he gives the rationale, right? Didn't I, he, he's having like this moment of honesty. And I, I, like for me, sometimes I, you know, obviously when we pray, right, we're, we have these moments with God, but sometimes there are certain moments where it's like, okay, I'm just being super raw here, right? And and sometimes I, I, some, I feel like we think it's irreverent or, or something. Um, but I think, no, you're you're actually being really raw and honest and authentic mm-hmm. and, and intimate. And that's what God is really after, right? Yes. And so verse two, when it He's says- He's not so, afraid of our emotions. No, absolutely. He knows what they're going to be. And he said, right in verse two, he says, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Yeah. That is why I <laughs> ran away to Tarshish. And then, um, and I love this, because uh, in the Hebrew it says, um, I, I yada, um, but in English, I, yeah, knew I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Um and just for all you Hebrew nerds out there, all this really means is this is like an intimate, personal, experiential knowledge, right? It's not like I heard that you are a loving, compassionate God. No, I have experienced your love and compassion. I know that's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't want to go. But at the same time, he doesn't allow any of that to actually change him. Right, because, right, right. So sure. he knows he has experienced that loving kindness of God, but at the same time, he still knows it only, only intellectually because sure. of the fact that it, you know, the way that he's reacting throughout all of this, he doesn't care about their salvation. He just cares about himself. Yeah, absolutely. Moment. And it's almost like, you know, as we go on here, like you made the comment as you were reading, like he gets so upset. He's like, oh, I just want to die. And so it's like, it's like, (laughs) this is his ultimatum with God. Are you going to love them and be, are you going to be their God or are you going to be my God? Right. Um, Is it, is it me or is it you? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes, especially as Seventh-day Adventists within our faith tribe, we think Jesus is, is ours. And, and not theirs. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like he has this us or them mentality. Yeah. And um, and God's like, no, you're missing the point, right? Mm-hmm. It's all us, right? Yeah. I love you all. I'm there for all of you. Care about everyone. And it's interesting because people all throughout the ages have had a, an issue with that. I mean, you think of the Jews. They always thought, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is ours. And no matter what we do, we're going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that twisting of who God is, has always happened, has always been there. Mm-hmm. And we always want to claim him for ourselves and that we're all good and who cares about everybody else. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's almost like everyone has like their Ninevites in their life, right? Like, uh, I know you love me, right? Because I go to church on, on the right day and I am mm-hmm. a part of the right faith community and, and I have the right diet and I believe the right doctrines and blah, blah, blah. But them, they're, they're a little messed up, right? And mm-hmm. so it's like for many of us, there's this, we would never say this because it sounds bad, but in our heart of hearts, it's almost like we do have this us versus them mentality. Um, and, and what I love, again, we were talking about this earlier, like one of the theophanies about God, like something that we can deem from scripture when like, yeah, God definitely says things in the Bible. Like he shows up and he makes declarations and he says stuff. But a lot of times, especially when working with the people he loves and to kind of correct them, it's almost like he asks questions a lot, um, right? To yes. And the whole purpose of the questions isn't just to like, bam, you're an idiot. It's, 
no, let's engage in a conversation about this, right? Yeah. And um, oftentimes it is because I am an idiot. Yeah, right. He does yeah. need to come and, he and say ask that. me a question. <laughs> I know, but he doesn't. And that's what is so awesome because he's so merciful. And you see it even throughout the Old Testament where the people are completely turned against him. They're living mm-hmm. in such an awful way. And he still comes and blesses them and yeah. still tries to woo them back and right. show them, hey, I'm here for you. Right. Despite of this, I would have been like, forget you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys do your own thing. Well, then I'm going, right. you know, but he doesn't. He yeah. still just keeps pursuing us. Even when he's super mad about the situation, like he's mad at God. And so, he, and then he re- re- rebelled. We were talking about this a little earlier, right? It seems like, especially in the First Testament, I can't think of a lot in the New Testament, but I have to think about it. But in the First Testament, it seems like a lot of times there are these these ideas when if you go east, it's almost like mm, I'm yeah. um, I'm feeling a little lonely, and I, this is like an act of rebellion, right? So Adam and Eve, after the Garden of Eden in the fall, they go east. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Lot. Uh, yeah, Lot, Lot. Right? They they go east to Sodom. Um, and Babel, uh, with the Tower of Babel, like those people, they went yes. east. Um, Cain, when mm-hmm. you know he murdered his brother, he goes east. Um, and so mm-hmm. when it says that he goes east, it's almost like, listen, I feel alone. You and I are not okay right now. I got to get out of here. And then he goes to watch like the destruction. Like, okay, let's see what you're going to do, God. Is it me mm-hmm. or them? And even in that moment when Jonah is not okay with God, God still blesses him right with generosity yeah. through this plant. Giving him the plant. Uh, and so it's, it's almost like, you know, because sometimes I think we think, um, okay, as long as I'm doing the right thing, like God blesses those who are like really good, right? Or God will mm-hmm. react to how I'm acting. Well, mm-hmm. here, like I think you said, he has this tantrum. He's totally wigging out, totally being mm-hmm. selfish. And even in this moment, God still blesses them with generosity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's so crazy. Amazing. And I, it's fine. I find it interesting that you were talking about the East part because it is so interesting that that is exactly what he does. He goes to the East and it mentions it again. Yeah. And it does. It, mention it, it mentions it every time with the idea of people are just turning away from God. And so he, that's what he's doing. He doesn't want to talk to God at this moment. Mm-hmm. And we had already said that, um, that... You know, he's angry, he's talking to God, and then he has this tantrum and says, no, God, I don't really want to hear from you right now. And mm-hmm. when God asks him a question, he doesn't answer. Yeah, no, right. Um, and it's so, it's, I just find it fascinating that, that he does that. Um, and um, there was another um, thing I wanted to point out, which yeah, was also something that I found where it's, like, it's kind of like summarizes the four chapters where at the mm. beginning, Jonah says, I will not go. Then in the second mm. chapter, he says, I should have gone. And the third one, it's as if he says, I will go because he does go. And right. then in the last one, he says, I shouldn't have come. Right. And that's really what he's realizing here. Um, God, I knew this whole time, this is what you're going to do. I should never have done this. And he right. goes back on everything that God had done, even his salvation from the, the belly of the fish. Right, right. You know, and yeah. I just think of myself where I do that too. I mean, God does certain things in my life and then something happens and I'm just, I forget everything, everything yeah, yeah. that God had done. And all I'm doing is just focusing on this one thing that is going wrong or right. this one thing that I get angry about. Right. And I feel like my world is falling apart and I'm just all consumed by it right. instead right. of thinking through, but God has been here and here and here. So why would he not be continuing to be in my life? Yeah. Absolutely. It reminds me of the quotes, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, when Ellen White says one of the 
founders of the Seventh Adventist Church, says that um, we have nothing Wonderful to fear lady. for the future, mm. lest we forget the way God has led in the past. Um, That's right. So yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, and it's amazing how our brains work like that. You know, right? <laughs> like, and that's what I was pointing out in the sermon too. That really it twists our reality mm. when we start just like focusing on everything that is wrong and getting angry and thinking just about me and everything is about me. It twists what really is going on, and we see things differently. Right? It's like we put on these different glasses and we are looking through them, mm-hmm. and we just don't see reality correctly mm-hmm. the way it really is. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and because a lot of times we we think it's all about us, yeah. right? And and it's almost like God is like, "Listen, if we are if you and I are okay, then that means you are loving the people I love." Right? Mm-hmm. And so it, like at the very end, and I love how God asks this this final question. Um but Nineveh was more uh, I actually I'll back it up. So verse 10. Um then the Lord said, "You feel sorry for about the plant." Though Mm -hmm. you did nothing to put it there. So it's almost like this idea of, listen, you are looking at life through like this little slice, kind of like, you know, this lens. But there is always more going on, right? I am always up to something. Mm, Um, Good point. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000. And I did a little research on this. Um, So apparently in in Hebrew, there isn't really, at least I couldn't find, um, they don't have like this idea of millions, like within like the numerical value of millions. So a lot of times they'll say, you know, 120,000 or 12,000 or 10,000 times 10,000, right? So there are different ways to communicate a lot of a lot. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't know, we can ask one day, but there aren't, he didn't go around. It's not like he did a census, like there are 120,000 people, but it's like this idea of, no, there's a lot, there's actually a lot of people here. And so, so he says, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. There are a lot of my kids who don't know me, not Mm. to mention all the animals. (laughs) So little love on the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And so Mm. it's almost like, listen, my heart breaks because my kids don't know me, and that should bother you, and it yeah, doesn't. That's right. Um, and that's why it, it, that question is so important, because do I care more about people than about right. myself or the things or the achievements of my life? And that's kind of what I ended with in the sermon. And, mm. and I, I think it's such an important question to ask for myself and really mm-hmm. every day. As I was preparing right. for the sermon, I was thinking, man, this question should be written on, in my house somewhere. And I should have to be able mm. to look at it every single day mm-hmm. as like I'm brushing my teeth or something. It needs to be on my mirror yeah. because I need to be reminded that I need to love the people and not just this is the things that I need to do in my life. And this is what I got to do now. And yeah. I just focus on all the stuff I have to do instead of the people who I need to love. It's so interesting. I had this thought just this morning as I was doing devotions that, yeah, so I, on my to-do list right now, I think there are 87 things I'm supposed to do today. Like, it actually says that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it usually I go through my day, like at the end of the day, I kind of assess my day. Wow. I'm like, of my 87 things, I got four done. Woohoo, that was a win. But like, that is <laughs> at not... At least you see it as a win. That's good. Yeah, okay, well... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> if I get one depressed. thing done, that's, yeah. Yeah, I know. Adrian, my wife, uh, would be like, you did one thing? Wow. Yeah. But um, that's not a biblical, even a Christocentric no. model for yes, living. Totally it's true. almost like 
it, like, what did Jesus say? Yeah. Right? If we are Christians, that means we follow Jesus and aim to yeah. live the way he did. And he says, love God and love others, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So did I love God today? And did I love others today? Yes. That's Great. my to-do list. Mm-hmm. That's um, so important. There is this quote that you, you reminded me of from Joyce Myers. And oh, she mm-hmm. says, and I don't know exactly how she says it, but I've always, ever since I heard it, I always, this is how I think of it. Um, she says, God did not call us to be busy. He called mm. us to be fruitful. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I just, I keep that thought in mind a yeah. lot because it is so true. I can be busy, but not be fruitful at all, Absolutely. especially when it comes to people, right. because I'm just so focused on my things right. that I need to do right. and not the people. And I, I even thought, think about that. There, this is a great little book that I read about preaching a long time ago. And that was one of the things that stood out to me because that's what the author was saying. He was saying, if you are preaching and it's just about getting through the sermon. It's about the information and not really about the people that it's supposed to reach. Mm. Well, then you miss the point, mm-hmm. you know? And so you need to always think of the people rather than just the message. Mm-hmm. And it has just stuck in my mind because I think that that is so important. I can, even within preaching or even within doing things for God, mm-hmm. it can really become just about the thing and not about people at all. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think especially now during this, you alluded to it earlier, but during the, the, the climate, the season that we're in with everything that's happening in our world and in our yeah. country and just the pain and the loss and the sense of injustice and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this a couple yeah. of weeks ago when we were in chapter two, but you know, may we not be Jonah. Yes. Um, thinking right. of Tarshish, paradise, one day, someday off in the future and be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, um, let's just pray for Jesus to come. No, there are people around us, right? Like in chapter yeah. two with the, with the sailors who are in pain. They're crying out. They think they're going to die. Um, and he was just so disconnected, mm-hmm. right? And so... Well, let me ask you yeah. this. The question that I asked during the sermon, which was I was talking about the black and white communities and how there hasn't really been... I always thought that it was doing better than it is. And lately Mm. I've realized that maybe I was completely wrong Mm. um, in where things stand. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing that I said was, I wonder if we in the white community care more about looking good in front of others Mm. rather than about someone's pain. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, what do you think about that? (laughs) I think, um, and I've said this several times, I don't, in my experience, I should say, I don't think it's getting worse. I think it's just being documented. Um, we, I don't have my phone on me now, but have an iPad, right? I just think everyone is like a, uh, a journalist right now. Like everyone has a camera. Um, so now we know what is really going now on. Now we're documenting examples. Um, but I don't think, in, like, again, from my experience, I don't mm-hmm. think it's getting worse. I just think we're, we're it's documented. And, and yeah. now, and it's put on blast, right? It's all over the news and social yeah. media, right? We, we, we can quickly communicate things. Um, and so, Which in a way yeah. is a really good thing that it is going out there because we need to hear about it. Oh, sure. We and need I to think... know. And there is, like I was mentioning, I mean, it's easy to be blind to certain people's pain because you don't really hear of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's where I was thinking of the, like, sometimes we care a lot more about looking good because mm. I think sometimes we don't say something mm-hmm. because we don't want to, I don't know, push buttons not look good, mm. you know, all of that. I when see. really, 
we need to just stand up for what is right. Sure, absolutely. And I think we could talk a long time about this, but we should probably finish yeah, this episode. But um, <laughs> done. I, I think, uh, you know, so like what the NBA is doing now um, and what Major League Baseball, right? Like, so now these athletes in professional sports, they're they're stopping and they're like, no, planet, like you want us to play basketball. You, you want to see the sport continue, but they actually feel like they have a platform now where like, okay, pay attention, right? Like you, maybe there are people who normally wouldn't pay attention, but the fact that sports aren't happening is on pause would now that gets people's attention, right? To, to, to the, you know, to alert, uh, to the realities of what's happening. And I think a lot of times it really has to do with proximity, right? And, and I say this a lot of times where sometimes it's easy to talk about race relations as a topic, or it's easy to talk about homosexuality as a topic or whatever, but it's different when, when you when you know when you know people, right? When their faces and names and stories and people you love, um, it's it's different, right? So I yeah. think maybe a part of it is is proximity, yeah. knowledge, being and with and listening, spending time with, yeah. and um, yeah. And, and Jesus I think the did church that has a lot so of work well. You know, yeah. Jesus did it so well because he never excused anything that was wrong, but he always drew so close to people, and I right. think that right. we are just missing that. Sure. Like we just kind of stay away instead of really listening to what is going on. Right. And oh, he didn't do that. He always went in and he drew people close to himself. And I think a lot of times, like as Avidists, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. Maybe you have, right? We say, well, be in the world, but not of the world. Okay. But he still says, be in the world, right? Yeah. So we, we don't to belong people. to the world, yeah. but we are still here, right? Yeah. Building relationships. And I think, you know, going back to Nineveh and then let's, let's pray and be done. Um, yeah. That um, I, I find it interesting that when Jesus is walking the world or walking the planet, um, people who are nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. Yes. Kind of like the Ninevites. The Ninevites That's were right. nothing like Jesus, mm-hmm. but then they like him. Yeah. But are we the same, right? Or I'll just say, Jason, people who are nothing like Jesus, do they like me? And do I like them? Uh, And if not, then that's something I need to work on in my heart, right? And and I think as a faith community, we need to help each other with that. So, yeah. yeah. And that just goes back to the fact that the book of Jonah, yes, it's about us, but it's mostly about the God of Jonah. Oh, absolutely. Who needs to do that in our hearts and lives because on our own, we can't do it. And we can't really show that love because we are drawn towards the sin and evil instead mm-hmm. of being drawn to to loving and being who God wants us to be. Um, yep. And so we need we need him in our lives. And that's why that question at the end is so important because it's all about, okay, do I have God in my life? And then do I care about people the way that he cares about people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and maybe that's the challenge, the, the takeaway, you know, as we we all, okay, we're going to do to-do lists, right? Because we all mm-hmm. have to-do lists, but maybe today, am I going to love God? Like, how am I going to love God and how am I going to yeah. love people? And, I like that. And, and that's it. And maybe the challenge is put that question somewhere in your house. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> for all of us. Exactly. So that we're reminded of it. But yeah. Okay. Thanks for a great discussion. Yeah, this is super good. Uh, oh, we should pray. Uh, yes. here, let me pray for us real quick. Father, we thank you so much for the scriptures, um, how you inspire these authors, and how even now, thousands of years later, in a totally different culture, um, the same spirit who inspired 
these authors to write this stuff down mm-hmm. speaks to us, inspires us um, to live them in our world. And so, God, I just pray for everyone who's watching or listening, for Andrea, myself, Tim, and Alan, uh, who are here, um, that you show us, you give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear how we can love and be um, as accurate a representation of you and your love and your generosity within our worlds um, that we possibly can be. So um, thank you for these conversations. Uh, pray that you pray that you bless us as we move forward uh, loving you and loving people, the people you love. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks so much for joining. See ya.